All right, James, time to put your legal hat on. Give us the disclaimer. This podcast is for educational purposes only. We are not doctors, but rather we're just trying to educate the general public to be better informed in their well-being decisions. Pop quiz. What are you not? A doctor. I've handsome. You're also not a doctor, <laughs> so you pass. Uh, if you're considering medical cannabis prescription, make sure to speak to a doctor. Ah, oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Your voice is so amazing. <laughs> I, uh, I th- thank you Johnny. i think we've just started like i'm i but throwing you under the bus johnny that's the start of the podcast your voice is so amazing welcome, welcome back johnny our favorite cannabis scientist and welcome Hello. everyone to rc expert cannabis podcast we need a name for our listeners i was thinking about this before like you know like tim ferris has like oh, no. ladies and and germs like what what what, what are uh, the listeners called let it come organically i, I was thinking cannabators but then it just sounds like masturbators sorry <laughs> 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 kind of babies, yeah. That's that's horrific. Yeah, oh, was, was, like, boy, boy, boys and girls. That's kind of like condescending. I don't know. Maybe we'll just refer them as like people for for now. And yeah. We'll come back to yeah, it. yeah. Hey, people. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> our, our people. Anyway, so the, the topic today we're going to be talking about uh, indica sativa. What's the difference? Does it matter? Um, the context behind the topic today is uh, something that often comes up when I have conversations with patients is uh, what's the difference between indica sativa? Does it matter what's more suitable for my condition? And I think it's a really interesting topic to talk about because there's quite a difference between what the general public tends to believe and understand compared to what people in the industry kind of say. And uh, the purpose in the conversation today is to, to, to make sure that people are aware of kind of what the understanding is in the industry as to, as to the difference. Mm, mm. I not even like um, patients, but pretty much everyone that I know who knows cannabis, it's always been sativa versus indica and like people having their own elaborate descriptions. And then you were talking to someone who um, was a salesman of a big supplier in Australia and you explains indica sativa to them from you from what you were thinking and he's like mate that's bullshit (laughs) (laughs) so that's where we kind of like that harsh harsh feedback straight away that's it's good to pass on 100 and like but before we uh hand the mic over to 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 our favorite cannabis scientists to to explain what the actual scientific difference is the colloquial expression uh for people who have never heard these terms is that indica is indicouch meaning when you have yeah. an indica strain of cannabis it has a depressant effect it makes you drowsy it makes you sleepy and then sativa supposedly has the inverse effect it's slightly more uplifting it's maybe considered more of a daytime flower and it's something that allows you to have the therapeutic benefit of the cannabinoids without the drowsing effect so you can still function now that's at least the common mm. understanding but I suppose, Johnny, maybe from a scientific perspective, what actually is the difference between indica and sativa? Give us the science, my friend. <laughs> uh, not much, to be honest. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so one of the so that's the myth, basically, uh, and one of the other dif- major differences that people often refer to indica as a broad, short, stumpy, broadleaf uh, plant. Whereas the sativas are sort of tall and laxly, a bit skinny. Um, but the funny thing is that the original botanist who discovered the indica variety 
He discovered it in India and it looked very, very similar to what we know today as sativa. So <laughs> tall and skinny. So how did, uh, over time, how did these short, stumpy, broadleaf plants become known as indicas? Well, it all started in the 70s, of course, the great 70s era. Um, so basically, breeders in North America, they had, uh, they were breeding sativas and they wanted to import these plants from Afghanistan that were really good at cold, um, being, uh, what's the word? They, they were responsive to, to cold. So they could resist very cold temperatures and what that meant was that they would flower a little bit sooner than you normally uh than sativas normally would so these afghanistan plants had specific traits that were beneficial to the breeders and they wanted to import them and breed them crossbreed them with their sativas now when they imported the afghanistan plants into america they had a bit of a problem because there was like a combat, uh, there was um, a conflict between the names um, and they wanted to basically have a name that would separate the Afghanistan plants between uh, from the sativa plants. So they called it Indica, even though uh, it's completely wrong and yeah, it didn't really um, match what the original botanist found. One second, my cat is playing with a toy, so I just. <laughs> <laughs> I know if we're going to cut this section out, but to talk through what we're seeing, we're seeing Johnny walk to the other side of the room yeah, and then go and I didn't. The toy. <laughs> and remove the toy. <laughs> so can't funny, help cat. what your pets are going to do, right? We literally um, have a lawnmower going on in the background and oh, the cat <laughs> is popping up to the noise. That's so. Funny. Yeah, I put my phone on silent too, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, 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 Johnny, if. So Indica and Sativa basically switched. The names are, for all intents and purposes, like incorrect. But from a practical perspective, yeah. what actually is the the difference as far as like if one's taller, which uh, serves me right for for apparently oh, not shocked. listening properly. The, yeah. So Indica is yeah. taller and skinnier. Is that right? Sativa's? No. So Indica, Indica uh, yeah, well, the original Indica looked very similar to tall and skinny, right? Right. Um, but the plants from Afghanistan, they were short and stumpy with broad leaves. And when they were imported into America, they wanted to name it a different name uh, rather than um, Afghanistan or Sativa. So they called it Indica and the name stuck. So what we, what is commonly thought of as Indica in the modern day is actually the Afghanistan uh plants the land races they call them land races they're they're strains that have been adapted to a particular region of the world and they have beneficial traits like i mentioned that cold resistance and also that early flowering which is really desirable so basically the the, the breeders can get more crops out of a season with those kinds of plants and they can survive really cold temperatures because that's where they come from right so um, how does that? How is that relevant to what we know about the effects of these uh, two types of plants? Well, in today's modern world, they're both 
hybridized, they're very hybridized to produce the, the modern day strains that we have, even in medicinal cannabis. But there have been some studies done on the genetics of these two varieties to see is there any relation between the genetics and the cannabinoids that are in them um, that would explain the differences. And there's not. <laughs> there's not. <laughs> right, right, right. So just to, just to get this right, Johnny, yeah. from a like compound perspective, if the question is like, what's actually in the plant, yeah. for indica and sativa, the answer is it's the same thing. It's basically the it's basically the same thing. What the researchers found was that there was a slight difference in the terpene profiles. So the terpenes we know they are responsible for the aroma of the of the plant, but also for the flavor, and they modulate some of the effects that you get from cannabis as well. So they're pretty important. Um, they they make up the um, a part of the the chemical profile of the plant, and there are a lot of people who advocate for terpenes as uh, a medicine because they are assumed to modulate some of those benefits that you get from cannabinoids. But there's nothing really. It's called the entourage effect, where the terpenes and the cannabinoids all sort of work together to provide you that holistic medicinal benefit rather than individual isolated cannabinoids on their own. However, the science behind that is not really robust at the moment. There is some evidence for it, but there's also some evidence against it as well. So, um, so going back to indica versus sativa, it's really the terpenes that would have any uh, slight di difference in the definition of those two plants, but since everything is hybridized today, it really, it really doesn't matter, and most of it is just subjective effects. And how is this? Is one question I have because I keep seeing um, for a lot of different products that they are like hybrids. Um, yeah. Literally all of them. Like, it's all like indica yeah. hybrid. Yeah, because it hybrid. says all says like indica dominant or like sativa dominant. That's but right. they're, they're, yeah. they're all hybrid in the end. Is it just a mad at this point? A mad case of just crossbreeding everywhere to to create everything at the moment. Like, is there one pure indica somewhere in Afghanistan? Yeah. There's one pure breed. It's like the Adam and Eve type vibe. It's like there's yeah. an Adam and Eve out there, but like now everything's Adam and Eve, like or Adam dominant, Eve dominant. Does that work? <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I, I kind of like it. Yeah, it I makes sense. Like yeah, because we started. <laughs> so if you're an atheist, does that mean cannabis doesn't exist? Let's yeah. not get that. All right, <laughs> cannabis atheist. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I don't believe cannabis exists <laughs> it's a conspiracy <laughs> well i suppose like if i'm a listener here and i'm a little bit lost which is not like a metaphorical thing like i literally i'm a little bit lost yeah. like what does this actually mean so if if sativa and indica based on the research they as far as the the active ingredients quote unquote the cannabinoids the, the, they're the same what deviates is the the flavonoids terpenes what does this actually mean if if i have experience with an indica or a sativa at least you know say going through the black market that's what my deal tells me who knows what it's it, i'm actually taking but mm -hmm. say i've been told it's in a, an indica and then i go the medical route 
does that actually affect whether I should be asking my clinician for 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 an indica? Like, what 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 should the conversation be that you have? If you you know, mm. like like, does it matter? I suppose is what I'm trying to trying to understand here. Mm. Um, I think we don't know enough yet. Yeah, I think that the research needs to catch up, and this is the problem with it being illegal for a hundred years or so, because the research is really behind, and we would have been all over this if um, we could have just researched the plant without having to jump through all these hoops and um, over these hurdles. So we, yeah, we, I think it's it's not it, it's really hard to answer because. We don't have all the information that we need right now. So the terpenes could definitely be, they could be medicinally important, right? Um, but at this stage, we don't know enough to warrant you asking your clinician for specific terpene profiles because no one's really going to have the answer for that, Yeah. And it makes sense. It makes sense. And it's a hard one because even if you were to identify the minor cannabinoid or the terpene profiles that you're, you're used to that are working, it's yeah. kind of hard to, to, to from a clinic perspective, to even provide that information to the public, given there's only so much that you can talk about with product specific information. Even if you knew what worked, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to, mm. to, to replicate it. Mm. So what, so what do we like, what, what do patients go and ask then? If it's not sativa and indica, or even a conversation about that, when they're going to their practitioner, what is the best? How how do you differentiate? Like, what do you what do you talk about? Well, the most common thing that from the patients I've observed who you know have had successful outcomes, mm-hmm. it's to not stress too much about the strain, the strength, the yeah. that, but rather just to have a conversation with the clinician about what you got going on, mm-hmm. and they can work with you to create a a treatment plan that that makes the most sense and from from my experience like the most common approach is the the practitioner would normally start the patient on a moderate to to low strength thc flower and incrementally increase and until they find what works for them and whether that's an indica whether that's a sativa as we've kind of covered it almost doesn't really matter mm. um and, and and ultimately trying to find a a, a strain that has the right cannabinoid profile mm. the right amount of thc the right amount of cbd and 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 you'll know if you're getting the therapeutic benefit whether you have to move horizontally to another strain that's similar strength to try something with a different uh, uh, terpene flavonoid profile, or whether you need to move vertically up or down the THC strength, that's obviously you know something that you can discuss with the the practitioner. Um, but at the end of the day, mm. I think if you go in with an open mind, you talk about what you've got going on. Assuming you're speaking with an expert in medical cannabis prescription, mm. they're they're probably going to be pretty well positioned to to help you out. But I suppose the worst thing you can do is come in and say, "I need a a pure indica," because what you might be doing is not giving yourself the opportunity to try certain strains that actually are more suitable for you. Yeah, I feel like the indica sativa labeling is just all around like poor purely for the fact that people like to just label things and categorize things mm. and something like medical cannabis what we're finding more and more it's like everyone literally has to figure out their own what what works for them and if you go into it with a uh, a mind that's going to play the placebo game because you're like, oh, there's an indica. I know I'm going to be on the couch. Like, hundred percent. Like that's that's kind of like the damage it actually can do. So then, just exactly what you're saying, completely looking away, not even thinking about it, and just 
being guided by the practitioner, it's probably the game, isn't it? Like genuinely, because even thinking about the THC content and like bloody Johnny or something is on a 20%, like I'm, I I should be on that. It's like, well, no, you don't know, bro. You yeah. might be on a 13% and it does, does the job for you. Like everyone's completely different. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I yeah, yeah. I completely back that. And it's uh, <laughs> to ask a question, you Chuck, with your marketing background, like why? Why do you think cannabis companies have Indicrol Sativa on the label? Oh, because well, people love it. People, exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. People love categorizing. I looked uh, at Leafly in the in the states, or maybe they're big in um, Europe, and uh, they've got a the three tags that they have on all products. Uh, whether it's indica sativa or hybrid, um, which it's always like a hybrid and then something, and then uh, the percentage is THC. So it's like people, it, you kind of have to put a, a label on something to actually know, especially if you're, they, they're they they're working with like retail online stores now where it's just, they've got the bud there, they've got the name Pineapple Express, and then they've got the yeah. percentage of like THC. It's like people need some sort of description to know because then all the like, um, in the description, the the long form, it said there was like Woody. I don't even know what Woody means when it comes to that type of stuff. And then it was like, it, it was, well, I have no fucking clue. Yeah, it was, it was like leafy, Woody, and like has a, 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 a aromatic like taste. It's like, bro, yeah. I don't, you're getting into like a connoisseur, like a master <laughs> yeah, chef type absolutely. stuff. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, I think, think the short, quick labels, it just helps people. Yeah, I think that's where we're heading too in Australia as well. And a lot of these bud tenders is what they're called in America, where you go to the dispensary and they're able to sort of help guide you through the product range to sort of get what you want. Because they've served so many customers and they've heard all the feedback, they kind of now understand what the subjective effects of each different strains are. So when someone does come in saying, oh, look, I am kind of leaning towards a more sedative cannabis, maybe something like what you would think of as an indica, then they can say, okay, well, look, we've got this strain here and we've had a whole bunch of customers and, you know, patients or recreational users in the past say that this one is pretty sedative. So from that, I can recommend this product, right? And that is going to start to happen here as well as the the database of patients grows over mm. time and the people working at the dispensaries, the pharmacists start to gain that insight, that experience into, okay, what's, getting, what's the feedback for this strain or what's the feedback for this product? Um, so you might not have to find out what the exact terpene profile is, but it's more about getting that, that feedback from previous users, previous patients who have used that product and um, to, to figure out which one is the right one for you. Mm. So, yeah, I think that uh, and this also ties into eventually what the market or what the research is going towards. And I think we touched on this in a previous episode about where the research is headed is tailoring those chemical profiles to specific illnesses or um, particular, um, you know, benefits that that patients want. So that's a little bit further down the track. But that's where um, Johnny's heading. That's where, yeah, that's where you're I'm heading, Johnny. To. <laughs> I'm trying to, yeah. 
Um, but we we still are trying to get people to accept cannabis as a medicine. <laughs> <laughs> just accept yeah. any cannabis as a medicine. Before he becomes like that. a cannabis chef and just like, what do you need? Oh, I got that. I you got and me are sitting here like, smoky cannabis. Like, what's that even mean? And Johnny's sitting like, crap. Like, that's yeah. literally like <laughs> a blog on the most woody cannabis in the market. <laughs> yeah, that, that woody cannabis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So yeah. look, if we're to kind of summarize where we landed today, indica sativa, uh, traditionally the understanding is that indica, indica couch, more sedative, sativa, more uplifting. However, the the big inside joke in the industry that, that Charlie and I learned the hard way mm-hmm. is that for the most part, that's a misconception. And we speak to suppliers, they're like, look, what matters is the cannabinoid profile and the terpenes. The cannabinoid profile, as Johnny explained, doesn't deviate between strains like you can have high low thc high low sativa indica so uh sorry high low thc and cbd for both indica and sativa but what what does deviate between strains is the the terpenes and the flavonoids what give it the aroma and to have some therapeutic benefit but the problem is the research is uh is is too early to know with certainty what terpenes and flavonoids actually matter for different conditions and therefore mm. as far as what we know right now we don't know enough to know with certainty whether indica or sativa is better and when and ultimately the only way that you can know as a patient is to try a certain strain see how it goes and then report yeah. back to the practitioner and and try something else if necessary mm. pretty yeah. good sound Pretty good. So there's meant to be a question there to be inclusive. No, but no, I guess no. that's I'm, I'm content with how we've ended there. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> we got the answer. There you they go. They came, they saw, mm-hmm. they got their answer. Now they can go home. Yeah. So, and they, well, you I go, think Jack. the other thing you want to add on is if you, uh, you know, if you wanted to really know what, if it's sedative or more uplifting, the particular product you're going for, maybe try asking people who have already had that product before. Or asking the um, person working at the dispensary, what have other people said about that? So maybe that's something that patients can do if they're really interested in in this type of thing. Well, if you really want to explore like Canna Reviews and Honolulu's Catalyst uh, are two platforms of databases with just all of the products pretty much that exist. I think the brands, the, the companies... Um, put up their own information as like a short description as as well as the profiles, the cannabinoid profiles. Um, and then there's just a ton of reviews. Like they're getting, as they get more and more patients on those platforms, people leaving their reviews. It's just one of those things. I don't think it's summarized yet. Maybe counter reviews is, um, but you got to take it with a grain of salt where one person's experience is not going to mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. You got to like look, any, you, you got to look at many. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. You look at some Google reviews. We got one that just said KK. Yeah. And there was a photo, <laughs> a photo of his dinner plate it has nothing to do with us. Um, yeah. So and- take reviews with a grain of salt. That's a good point. But it's, more, it's better to, you know, if you hear that five patients with pain have found that a certain strain was effective for their symptoms and had a, a sedative effect, it's probably more helpful than just hearing whether it's an indica. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. thank you, Johnny. I think that's a wrap on the episode. Well done, Thanks, guys. listeners, people. See you on the next one. <laughs> <laughs>